0: for Lincoln Live today, we go back to 2007, one of the best holiday conversations I think I've ever had on the subject of Thanksgiving. Sandra Matthews, Nebraska Wesleyan Associate Professor of History, sat down with me and we talked about the real first Thanksgiving. It was called a harvest feast, and most of what you know or most of what you have been taught about Thanksgiving, the first Thanksgiving at Plymouth Rock, is wrong. So let's rewind and learn about the real first Thanksgiving on Lincoln Live. How much of what Americans think they know about Thanksgiving is actually true?
1: The average American probably, I don't know, maybe 50%, maybe less. Um, There are a lot of myths associated with Thanksgiving, and most of it comes from images that we saw in our history textbooks when we were kids that tend to stick in our minds more than the words that the teachers gave us.
0: The images that include Native Americans and the colonists sitting together.
1: Native Americans dressed like Plains Indians in the headdresses, feather headdresses, and the black and white buckled outfits, and the sitting at the tables with log cabins in the background. None of that's true.
0: They didn't even sit together, did they? No.
1: Well, they might have sat in the same locations, but they would have sat on stumps that they had cut down for firewood and, and perhaps a bench or a log here and there.
0: What? No table? No, no table. No chairs? No
1: No tables, no chairs. No log cabins to retire in for the nap after the meal or after the kids get got drunk along with their parents because everyone drank alcohol.
0: Where does the term pilgrims come from? So far, you haven't used that.
1: No, um, they didn't use that phrase. They It wasn't until, oh, probably 40 or so years later where somebody mentioned the fact that they were pilgrims. And p- pilgrim is much a generic term. It, of course... Affiliates to lots of other religions, going to sites for pilgrim uh, pilgrimage. For example, Santiago de Compostela, and of course, in the Muslim tradition, they have pilgrims too that go once in their lifetime to Mecca. And so, to call them pilgrims, yeah, well, they were in a sense because they were escaping something, but they weren't going to uh, a pilgrimage site. So it's actually a misnomer.
0: Was everyone on? Aboard the Mayflower, there for the same reason.
1: No, um, some of the some of the people. That, well, when they when they left Leiden, uh, they didn't have a ship full. They needed to have somebody to pay their way over, and the way that they did that was having other people join the shipmates, um, and paying their way on their own. And they were coming for opportunities of wealth and perhaps uh, finding gold or silver, because of course the Spanish had. Um, become incredibly wealthy with the Azteca and the Inca Empires. And so, you know, the old Pocahontas, you know, cartoon where they, they have that very first song, Dig, 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 that's what they were doing. They they weren't they weren't planning fields, they weren't clearing fields. They they were only trying to figure out how to survive. And if people have seen Into the Wild, imagine that times ninety. They came without food, they came not knowing the maps, they came not knowing if they were gonna be friendly people, they came not knowing anything. And if it weren't for the native peoples, they probably all would have died. They were dying of scurvy anyway, because they didn't have enough fruits and vegetables. The reason they survive is because as as they're exploring the place that they could potentially live, which was, of course, Plymouth, it was originally a potuxic Indian settlement. And all of those Indians had died off in the previous three or four years because of uh, European diseases. And as they're sort of exploring around, they're finding... Um, containers filled with grains like corn for example that were actually to accompany the dead to their next world or as um, safekeeping for the following year and they're digging up all of this Indian corn that either is sacred or is what's supposed to sustain them for the next year. And, and that's how they feed themselves. That's some of the corn that they use at the, the first quote-unquote Thanksgiving. And so when the, the Thanksgiving actually happens, of course, the, you know, the Indians are starting to notice that their, their sacred burial sites have been scavenged by, or scavenged by some of these outsiders, and they're trying to find out what's going on. So when they do show up, they don't have women or children, which is an immediate sign that they expected trouble.
0: The Wampanoags and the columnists, did they strike it friendly to begin with?
1: Um, they were cautiously friendly because what had happened was that part of the reason why the Virginia Company wanted more colonists, of course, is they wanted to make sure that they had a claim up and down the coastline. But also they were involved in a, a war of attrition with uh, the uh, Powhatan Confederacy which is also another algonquin speaking tribe and people will be familiar with this because this is where the Pocahontas story comes from with you know she supposedly saved John Smith which of course she didn't um, but after Pocahontas was taken captive she didn't go voluntarily she was taken captive by the English and then forced to convert to Christianity her father who was the uh, chief of the tribe was so distraught and when he found out she died of smallpox in 1617 in England um, he gave he gave up the leadership of his tribe to his uh, a man by the name of Ope- Opechongana and I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. <laughs> Don't ask me to spell it. And uh, he he did not harbor the same friendship towards the English and started a, about a 30 year war of attrition against the, the English in, in the Jamestown colony.
0: And that's going on at the time, the colonists landed at Plymouth Rock.
1: Absolutely. And so, in fact, it had happened at least three years earlier, the, the start of this war. And so they certainly understood what was happening. But because not all tribes are the same group, I mean, a lot of people think Indian speaking um, Indian, they're very distinct communities. And because it's such a, um, a populous area, They are very cautious about sharing resources with other tribes and they've come to clash with each other. And so the tribes have figured out the sort of balance of power that gets completely upset when the Europeans come along with their guns.
0: Is the portion of history true, the Wampanoags teaching the colonists how to farm with the fish in the hole as the fertilizer and they raise their own grain and yeah. everybody's happy?
1: Yeah, um, yeah sure.
0: <laughs> Is that part true?
1: It's part of it, yeah. Um, Squanto, of course, when he, um, there are many different stories about what happens with Squanto, but he's, he's the reason it all happens. He was taken captive um, as many as three or four years, maybe five years earlier by an English uh, slaving tr- crew. He was taken to England. He lived in several countries in Europe, finally got passage back to England as a slave jumped off the ship according to native tradition swam ashore um, encountered the the pilgrims as we call them now at plymouth and he spoke some english and he was with he, he taught them how to plant after the first year started he that was his home i mean all of his family had died at that place that was a sacred place to him And so that's why he had that connection to the place. Had the the separatists landed elsewhere, he might not have had that encounter with them because wherever they might have landed wouldn't have been his traditional home. So he taught them how to use the fish to, um, and to build the corn up in mounds. Um, don't know, you know, I don't know how extensive that was. Maybe, yeah, just stick a fish in there or whether it was actually stay and plant. We just don't know. There are only very few records that come out of that period. But he also decided, um, with the assistance of the Massasoit, who was the Wampanoag chief, to create some sort of alliance. And they actually, they actually signed a treaty between the two of them. And it was, according to Indian oral tradition, it was uh, the Wampanoag's idea to come up with this treaty of peace. Of course, they wouldn't have written it, but um, there is a, a document that survives. And the idea is we're not going to kill you, don't kill us, don't hurt us, we won't hurt you. Um, and if we need something, let's work together. They wanted to make sure the Narragansetts didn't get the English on their side. So
0: that first meal didn't have turkey, it didn't have pumpkins, it didn't have gourds, it had what?
1: Oh, well, it, it probably, well, we know it had five deer because, and, and a lot of um, fowl. Because we know from the English records that several of the men went a and it's possible they might have shot a turkey. Um, but there is no specific record that they shot turkeys. They probably there are some records that say they might have even eaten swan, which is sort of turns some people's stomachs. But um, yeah, they they had a uh, a ground squash that was native to the Wampanoags, they had um, like I said fish um different kinds of fowl, they had deer uh, they obviously had corn, they had a corn mash that was made, uh, sometimes it was fried, sometimes it was cooked into a cake, but yeah they didn't they didn't have ovens, so they couldn't make breads
0: before we get out of time, I want to talk about the relationship. How did it continue beyond the first Thanksgiving, that first harvest feast?
1: Well, it did progress like most English communities did. When the English came, they came for the purpose of um, taking advantage of the land that God had given them, at least in the case of the separatists. And that meant that if there was a forest and you wanted a, a field, you cut down the forest. Well, this disrupts the, the deer herds, quote-unquote, of the Wampanoags, in other words, which frustrated them as English communities started to expand. They started to take over even more Indian land, which frustrated them even more. And so, um, by the 1630s, there was, there were some pretty major wars that broke out between, for example, the Pequots, which were located a further north, uh, and some of the English settlers. And by the 1640s and 50s, um, tensions had become very, very tight. The Wampanoag population dropped about 90%. And that was very frustrating to them because they, they lost their story keepers. They lost their tradition keepers they lost their their sachems their leaders they lost their um religious authorities they lost their healers they lost a good chunk of their population and and if you if that happens to you 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 sometimes act out in anger because they can't just move west because there are many 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 other tribes that live out to the west um the Pequot War seven hundred Indians were killed uh, in pretty brutal fashion by the English um, by the 1670s just fifty years later, there is a major war between um, the plymouth and and that that Atlantic region and um, it's called King Philip's War. It was, it was uh, Massasoit's son that leads a war of attrition against the English because of all of the brutality and demands uh, that they have put on the Indian people. So, within, within about a generation and a half, um, relations had broken down so much that uh, they would never be fixed.
0: Have history books, or almost at a time, changed or included, embraced some of the new information? That includes the relationship between the separatists, colon colonists and and the Native Americans yes. is that starting to show up.
1: Yeah, they have started to include the old documented information. It's not new information. it's always been there. It's just that when, when you teach history in high schools, you take a class called civics. It's taught it teaches you to be proud of your country. And part of the founding their purpose for the founding of public education is to develop in kids a sense of national pride. Well, you can't have national pride if you talk about how brutal the colonists were against the Indians. And so that oftentimes doesn't come up, but as I've, I've been teaching for about 12, here for almost 12 years, one of the things that I've learned is more and more people understand the background to uh, English colonial history and that it wasn't all peaches and cream and they didn't continue to get along well. In fact, they understand that there were many serious wars between the Indian tribes and the people. The textbooks that I use I choose very, very carefully. There are very few out there at the college level that deal with Native American cultures. In fact, I think I found maybe three or four that have an entire chapter on pre-contact cultures before the Europeans get here. And I think that's essential. You don't want to to study English history and then only bring up Indians or Hispanics or anybody African-Americans. There's always a chapter just for African-Americans as if they were separate, which they're integrated into society, whether they're slaves or not. But I I get tired of the histories that, that only include outsiders when they're in the way of civilization. And so it's so important to have Indians have culture and humanity before we talk about the English.
0: Now you know about the real first Thanksgiving. Thanks to Sandra Matthews at the time of this conversation in 2007 was Nebraska Wesleyan Associate Professor of History. Thanks for listening to us on Lincoln Live. I'm Dale Johnson.